Hello everyone, my name is Nick Dude, and I'm going to be talking today about toxic masculinity. <clears throat> now, the reason I'm wanting to talk about this subject is because of a project that I've actually been doing for uh, one of my classes this semester. I'm a, currently a sophomore in college, and <clears throat> the project was a rhetorical analysis over the advertisement that Gillette uh, released back in January of 2019. Uh, the title was or it was entitled "We Believe," <clears throat> and uh, the purpose of this advertisement was to essentially hold men to a higher standard and to combat uh, toxic masculinity. Now, the advertisement uh, showed a lot of different forms of toxic masculinity, anything from uh, it being in the workplace to the a very stereo, stereotypical saying of boys will be boys. And Gillette ended up getting a lot of very bad criticism from the public. I mean, a lot of people just absolutely hated this advertisement. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the big reason why I wanted to talk about uh, toxic masculinity is just because it's a really vague term. Not a lot of people really understand the meaning of or of toxic masculinity. I mean, even if you look up uh, a definition for toxic masculinity online, you're going to be bombarded with hundreds of different definitions for the term. And I just wanted to go through some different examples of the term and just kind of the goals to kind of educate my listeners about toxic masculinity or maybe even have some reach out to me and they can even educate me some. So uh, the flow of this podcast, just to give everyone a heads up, uh, I'm going to go through a few of the uh, few definitions that I kind of liked while looking online for definitions of toxic masculinity. And I'm going to be discussing them a little bit, just kind of uh, giving everyone my view of those definitions and my understanding of them. And then we're going to be going through a few different scenarios and give a few different examples of toxic masculinity. Then eventually I want to bring in uh, a few guests and uh, just kind of talk with them about how they perceive toxic masculinity and everything like that. So, And then at the very end of the podcast, I'm going to kind of give a discussion question and uh, just kind of leave it at that and see what people can come up about uh, what they think of that scenario. So. To kind of get started on the definitions, uh, I thought the New York Times had a pretty decent definition of toxic masculinity. They uh, did leave it kind of vague, but uh, I do think the definition that they gave uh, opens up a lot of uh, areas to talk about, like different examples. So, uh, in the one of the New York Times articles, they describe toxic masculinity as three parts. The first part being Suppressing emotions and or behavior. The second part being maintaining appearance of hardness. And the third part being using violence as an indicator of power. So the first part of the definition, suppressing emotions and or behavior. Now, I think this is the absolute uh, biggest part of toxic masculinity. It's not the biggest uh, issue with it, but I think it's the absolute just most common part about it. I mean, the best example I can give uh, for this part of the definition is uh, boys don't cry. I mean, and men don't cry. Uh, it's really, it's, I don't want to say it's frowned upon in our society, but it's not typical that 
you see a lot of men crying, whether it's in TV shows or even in real life. Young boys are uh, that are growing up, they're taught that, you know, you have to be tough. You can't cry in public. You can't fr- cry in front of people. And really, you probably shouldn't even cry alone. Um, and in all reality, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's Crying's just a part of life, even about uh, crying because you're happy. I know there was one video of that went around, I, I want to say it went viral on social media a few years ago. And it was a guy at his wedding. And when his wife was walking, or when his fiance at the time was walking down the uh, aisle, he just started bawling his eyes out because he was so happy. He thought she looked so beautiful. And that was a really sweet moment. I mean, a lot of people, I, that was just a really cool moment. But on the internet, I mean, a lot of people just absolutely hated it. They thought he was uh, showing a bunch of weakness and just so many people criticized him when there was nothing wrong with that. Um, The second part of the definition uh, being maintaining appearance of hardness. um, I think this is a really good part of the uh, definition as well. I mean, men are supposed to be tough. Uh, That's how society sees them. I mean, Uh, We're supposed to be the ones on the front lines in wars running into battle, or we're supposed to, this goes into like the uh, suppressing emotions or behavior. Um, So uh, like they aren't supposed to cry or anything like that. That's being that hard. Um, So, and again, there's nothing wrong. Like uh, I think a good example for this would be uh, men having feminine qualities. I mean, whether it's, like, a, I think one that comes to mind is men just using conditioner in their hair that a lot of people will see that as being kind of feminine when in all reality, I mean, who doesn't like to have like silky smooth hair, you know? Um, so, I mean, the maintaining appearance of hardness, like that's something that has been a big part of our society when there's nothing wrong with having those feminine qualities. The third part of the definition is vi- using violence as an indicator of power. That's something we see a lot, and this is probably one of the most destructive parts of toxic masculinity, one of the men's biggest flaws. Um, we don't have to be violent to show people that we have power. Uh, we don't have to be violent to get into positions of power. There's nothing wrong with doing it just the old-fashioned way of putting your nose to the grind and doing good work or anything like that. Um So that's the New York Times definition of toxic masculinity. And then uh, dictionary.com had a decent definition, I thought, as well. Uh, It's more of an actual, like, dictionary definition. So they describe it as a a cultural concept of manliness that glorifies stoicism, strength, virility, and dominance, and that is, or, or yes, that is, socially um, maladaptive or harmful to mental health. And that's a big part of toxic masculinity. A lot of people think it's really bad for your mental health, which it is. I mean, uh, going back to the NYT definition, I mean, suppressing suppressing emotions and behavior. Um, I mean, that's not good for your mental health. Um, and on my college campus, uh, I go to an all-male school and a lot of people don't really know what the term toxic masculinity is and they don't use all the resources that are typically made available to them. And, uh, we have a mental health concerns committee on my college campus 
And what they're trying to do, they're, I mean, I think part of what they do is combat uh, toxic masculinity. So, uh, like not being able to cry or release your emotions, you're just bottling those up. That is not good for your mental health, believe it or not. So, now I want to go ahead and walk through a few examples of uh, toxic masculinity. So, a big one that comes to mind is, um, <clears throat> so it'd be, uh, boys will be boys. Um, this is a saying we've all heard and most likely experienced, uh, and it seems like a pretty uh, okay saying. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, boys will be boys, girls will be girls. But this term has kind of allowed men to have an excuse to be uh, more rambunctious, uh, be more inappropriate and irresponsible. And this is kind of where I think um, <clears throat> the maintaining appearance of hardness or using violence as an indicator of power from the New York Times definition. I think this is like a big part of why that those two parts are in that definition. Using the term boys will be boys, I mean, it just allows, it's an excuse for people to be uh, doing stupid stuff. In the Gillette uh, advertisement, they uh, used this saying, there were two young boys uh, at a barbecue and they were fighting each other. And there were a, just a long line of fathers standing behind their girls and they were all just saying, boys will be boys, while they all watched one kid beating up another kid. And that's obviously not good. I mean, we need to be teaching our uh, youth, this country's youth, that it's okay just to be um, friends. I mean, you don't have to beat each other up to be friends at a young age. Um, so that's a one definition or one example that comes to mind. Another one is uh, man spreading. That's uh, been a big issue in recent years, believe it or not. And so for the listeners who don't know what manspreading is, uh, it's typically it's uh, when a man is just sitting down and he's ha or has his legs spread apart. Uh, and that's kind of seen as toxic masculinity. That's kind of like asserting one's dominance almost. And that's kind of how it's seen. And it's uh, almost just kind of obnoxious, really. Um, and let's see, another example of uh, toxic masculinity that comes kinds of a uh, kind of comes to round or comes to mind. I'm sorry, um, is uh, essentially just ripping on homosexuals. Um, I'm a diver at my uh, college, and my dive coach is a uh, homosexual male. And I was actually talking with him this morning about uh, just what it was like for him, like growing up as a homosexual and everything like that. And he said that, like, he honestly, like, he had a tough time growing up just because of, like, people weren't very comfortable around him. A lot of uh, his friends, when they found out that he was gay, they honestly had a problem with that. And that's another form of toxic masculinity, believe it or not, is just being uncomfortable around homosexuals or anybody who's really just different than you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, people, there's kind of a stigma around that. Like a lot of guys, uh, even in like middle schools, high schools, if like in the locker room scene, that's like a big one. Um, they're worried that, um, anybody who's gay in the locker room with them might like try to pull something when in all reality, nothing like that's ever going to happen. So, 
those are a few definition or uh, examples that I wanted to kind of talk about. Now, uh, I'm going to go get some people and uh, bring them back here and try to get them to join in on the podcast just to kind of get their uh, views on toxic masculinity and uh, walk through a couple of scenarios and a few more examples. So, uh, yeah. All right, so now I'm sitting here with uh, two gentlemen. Um, one of their names is Sam Bleach, and the other's uh, is Danny Wilson. So, um, I don't know, Sam, why don't you tell uh, everyone a little bit about yourself? So, just like uh, where you're from and uh, what year you are. Yeah. Um, so, I'm Sam Bleach. I'm a sophomore from Noblesville, Indiana, uh, and I'm studying uh, political science and religion. All right, and how about yourself, Danny? My name is Danny Wilson. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm a freshman here, and I'm planning on majoring in philosophy and religion. All right, fantastic. So uh, I just want to ask you guys a few questions real quick and then walk through a few different scenarios or examples and just kind of see what you guys think. So are you guys familiar with the term toxic masculinity? Yes. Yeah, and Danny? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So how much, like, would you say you know about it, uh, Sam? Um, I wouldn't say much. Um, most of my experience is through, obviously, like, talks we've had at, at Wabash. Um, a few, like, books or readings I've done through classes. Um, but other than that, I don't have right. huge, extensive knowledge of it. And Danny? Yeah, just a little bit. heard it on social media and the news and stuff. And that's about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, it's really prevalent on uh, social media and like news sources. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to talk to you guys and see what you guys thought about a few different uh, things. So I looked up a few different examples of toxic masculinity online and I found a few. So right now we're going to be looking at a poster for a barbershop. And it just shows like a normal barbershop in the background, but the caption on it is uh, where real men are groomed. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, do you think, first of all, do you think this is an example of toxic masculinity? No. Um, I personally would not say that. Um, just because looking at the uh, picture of the advertisement, it doesn't really have your like stereotypes of a real man. Um, it's more gearing towards its audience rather than saying this is what a real man is. It's just saying like it's primary target audience is men for getting haircuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's just a barbershop for men. Okay. I don't think it's anything's toxic about it. So uh, just with like some of the research that I've done, uh, I, I do kind of see this as uh, an example of toxic masculinity just because um, it's kind of separating uh, the way or like where people can get their haircuts. I mean, this is where real men go to uh, get their haircut and stuff like that. And uh, that's like the big reason, just like the terms of the real men. Um, I mean, what like what does that mean? Like you have to be a big, strong guy. Or, I mean, can a really feminine man uh, walk in and still get their hair cut? Um, another example that I wanted to talk to you guys about was uh, this advertisement for a uh, firearm. A gun store actually used this advertisement. So right now, it, all it is is just a white background, and it has an, um, 
a firearm on the page and the caption of it is uh, consider your man card reissued. So uh, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about this, for example. Well, it's clearly just an ad targeting men to buy guns. I don't really think there's anything toxic about it, though. Um, I personally would consider this a use of toxic masculinity um, because it gears and like identity to in order to have a man card, uh, you have to own a gun or have this gun from this company. Um, and it's kind of implying that you don't have a man card unless you use their company, like you buy from them or own a gun. Um, so just personally, I think it's not a like very strong use of toxic masculinity, but there's definitely an underlying message of toxic masculinity. All right. So would you say that the big part is the man card part? Yeah, I'd say the man card, the use of the man card being reissued uh, to sell their product. All right, absolutely. Yeah, so like the idea of the man card is just like a big like uh, indicator of toxic masculinity for me. I mean, uh, I mean, you can't really take someone's manhood away. Uh, and that like essentially this is just saying that you have to have a gun to be a man and you get a card with it. And that's not really how the these things work. So now let me ask you guys a little bit more of a uh, kind of a vaguer question. So have either one of you guys ever read or rode on a like public bus or uh, I guess for you gentlemen, a better example would be um, at a sporting event, like a high school basketball game, you're sitting down and you have just been pushed over the edge of the seat or you're just really crammed in because uh, the person next to you was manspreading. So do you guys consider manspreading to be an example of toxic masculinity? I do not consider manspreading to be toxic masculinity. I think the word itself may be a toxic masculinity because not every, like manspreading, if we're going to use that term is like common by all people. Like it's just a comfortable way to like position yourself like to space yourself out. So I think using that word may be considered toxic masculinity, but the act itself is not. All right. And Danny, do you have any comments on that? Um, I would just say like, there's physically something in the way for men to bring their legs all the way together, which makes it physically uncomfortable for them. I mean, of course, if a guy is just sitting there and of course he's taking up way too much room that he should, like not sitting normally, like, I think that's probably toxic masculinity, but I think it's not because he's in, like he's doing it because of that. It's probably just because he just doesn't care. But Yeah, I would say, like, going off that, like, yeah, if the person doing it is, like, clearly, like, being kind of obnoxious, like, uh, acting like they, like, are better than everyone else around them, like, they deserve this space, like, they don't have a care in the world about the other people, I think that could be a, a use of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, do you guys have any, any, uh, closing comments that you'd like to make or any opinions that you would want to offer or any questions even at that? Uh, I do not. Thanks for talking to me. Oh uh, yeah. I actually do have a question about the ads. Like if that's targeting like 
say they're targeting like a real man in quotes, like is that a bad thing for them to target like that specific type of audience, like say a less feminine man or is it would you say that's a bad thing for an ad to target that audience? Right. So, I mean, that's just kind of like a marketing campaign. But uh, the for example, a firearm advertisement, um, essentially like a big part of the idea was uh, <clears throat> so only like men can have firearms when that's obviously not the case. Um, and going back to the uh, New York Times definition that I used, um, that toxic masculinity is uh, suppressing suppressing emotions and behaviors, maintaining an appearance of hardness, and using violence as an indicator of power. So that second part, maintaining an appearance of hardness, that's kind of like what that advertisement is kind of showing. And when all reality, like you really don't have to do that. To, you don't have to own a firearm or anything like that to be a man. So, uh, does that kind of answer your yeah, question? Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, this was, uh, Sam and Danny. Uh, thank you guys for so much for doing this and I uh, hope you guys had fun and maybe learned something. Uh, you guys definitely helped me get some new perspectives. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Hey. And now finally, I'd like to leave everyone <clears throat> with, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and hopefully got something out of it. And the final thing I'd like to do is leave everyone with a just kind of like a discussion topic or a thinking point. Um, so the idea of man caves. Uh, so like the very stereotypical where there's a giant TV or there's just like a library that's considered a man cave in one's home. Is this an example of toxic masculinity, or can this be defined as a form of toxic masculinity? I'm really interested to hear everyone's thoughts. So if you have any questions about uh, anything that I've said or would like to have a conversation about any of this, please feel free to reach out. Um, So thanks again, everyone, for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it.